Well, this morning, I'm not sure if what you call I'm going to share with you this morning a uh, sermon or not. Um, as much as, uh, for me, in my mind, uh, testimony is sometimes God works in different ways each week. And um, this week, it was just kind of this confluence, this, this dovetailing of conversations, um, different experiences, and God's Word, what I was studying for this morning, just all kind of coming together. And so I'm going to share a little bit with you what God was working in my heart. I hope it makes sense to you. I hope you are uh, fed by it, but I, it just felt like um, Tuesday evening, I, I had to write all this stuff down and uh, what, what was going on. I tried explaining it to Jameson. He was uh, a captive audience. And uh, much like Nicodemus in the story, he wasn't entirely sure what I was talking about. Uh, and yet, he, you know, he sat there and, and listened. So thank you, Jameson, for doing that. <clears throat> but before uh, I share this, can you just uh, pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for the way that you are alive and active um, through your spirit moving in our midst, moving in our experiences, moving in everyday life, uh, the way your word continues to speak and be alive and be active and working on our hearts. Um, and so I thank you for that. And I pray that you would uh, be at work in each of our lives in this time and um, throughout each day of our life. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So I got to share with you uh, that last week in first service, uh, Josh Kurtz from an organization called GOD was sharing with first service people. He was here a few months ago uh, sharing about well projects and things in Africa that he's involved with. Well, he couldn't be here at first service when he came here, so he was back uh, last week. And was sharing in a number of churches, sharing at Londonderry Village, and had a group of guys with him. And Tuesday afternoon, I got to sit down with the group of them and have lunch. And it was uh, just an awesome conversation. Great to hear about um, how they're being sensitive to God's Spirit at work in them and in their community, and how they're living that out. And so it was a really good conversation. I'll share a little bit more with you uh, throughout this morning, um, but it it was working on my heart, and then I went before that conversation, after that conversation, I was trying to do my sermon prep and, and studying the passage and, and looking at different things, and so God was working on me in a number of different ways, and I was really excited about what God was doing, but very challenged about what I felt like God was speaking in my heart, and so that's why I had to come home, and I was like, Jameson, you got to listen to this. And he did. He did a wonderful job, uh, but he wasn't quite sure what daddy was talking about. After supper, because uh, I had the boys that night, um, Katie's mom was watching them Tuesday afternoon. I was with them the rest of the evening. It's not called babysitting if they're your kids. It's called parenting if they're your kids. So I was being a parent, but also trying to uh, write down this stuff. And... Um, 
Katie comes home from Bible study. She was at Bible study that night. And I said, how was Bible study? And she said, it was great. We were talking about being faithful to God, being challenged by God, being willing to step out of the boat to follow God. And she said, through that whole conversation, I kept thinking about um, kind of our faith crossroads that we were at together uh, just a few years ago. And I said, that's amazing. Here's my afternoon, here's what's been happening, and all I've been thinking about is the crossroads we were at a few years ago in our faith story. And so we were both, you know, in the living room, like, sharing stories, sharing experiences, sharing tears with one another, and um, I just felt like I got to share this, and um, so that's kind of what a little bit of what was happening. But I was just blown away uh, how God works these things out. Like I said, um, last week at first service, Josh was sharing about work with G.O.D. And, and it was much of what he had shared here about the well projects, but how they try and empower folks in local communities to repair and, and to diagnose the, the well issues on their own because that empowers them. It gives them life. It values their humanity and their ingenuity and just um, the experience and the imagination that they have for their life. Um, I met Josh a few years ago when I was part of a group that was interested in learning more about water and how it impacts education and faith and things like that, and we got connected with Josh. Um, a few years later, I took some youth down to Nashville to a, a work camp um, around the, the group there, G.O.D., and their headquarters in Nashville. One other piece of information that I need to give you as far as background. Um, a number of years ago, I felt like God was leading our family in a different direction. I'd been serving in youth ministry for, at that point, probably eight or nine years. And it was uh, just a wonderful experience, lots of wonderful, beautiful people, but I felt like God's saying, okay, that's been a wonderful chapter of your life, and now I'm leading you somewhere else. And we're trying to figure out what that was, and God doesn't always just come up with a sign and say, here it is, here's the arrow pointing you in, in the next direction. And so in that process, one of the things that I had been a part of a group that had kind of had a dream for a gap year program. A gap year program is meant for kids that come out of youth, that come out of high school, and aren't entirely sure what the next step of life is about. Um, Katie and I were both in a lot of the same classes in high school, and we were both pushed and guided towards college. You have to go to college. You have to get this extra education, and, you know, they didn't really highlight the debt that comes along with that education. Um, and so we both went to college, and that was a wonderful, uh, just incredible experience for me. Katie went to Messiah, and it was a good experience, but she also figured out that that wasn't for her. And so there's lots of folks that, that come out of high school and aren't entirely sure what's happening. And so there are gap year programs that people can go to. Some of that is like BVS, uh, YWAM, um, Lancaster Bible has a, has a gap year program. They're, they're all over the place. Experiences to kind of help figure out where God's guiding you in this next step 
of life. And so what we had envisioned was kind of an intentional experience, intentional community based around a farm that would have taught... um, had a Bible education component, a uh, life skills component, um, being in community component, but also learning about what it means to seek the peace and the prosperity of the place in which you are called to live, planted to live. And it was a place called the Sod Farm, the School of Discipleship Farm. A lot of people got really hung up on the sod farm and were trying to figure out why we were planting grass and what this had to do with following Jesus. And I was like, no, 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 it's discipleship. We're we're growing disciples. We're not growing grass. Some people got it and some people didn't get it. I was like, it's an acronym. It's cool. But, you know, like in the Brethren Church, we like our acronyms and stuff. And sometimes they catch on, sometimes they don't. Um. But we kind of came to a crossroads because it seemed like this was uh, a project that I was passionate about, but maybe it wasn't the right time or the place um, for the church to take on. And, and that was um, some wrestling that, that we had to do. And it came down to a point where we basically had a week to decide the future of our life. <laughs> Which, which is really uncomfortable and a really hard time to decide, if we go, are we going to continue to follow, uh, to try and do this project, or is God calling us to pastoral ministry? You can guess a little bit how that story goes. <laughs> um, it was a really hard decision because at one point, we had somebody ready to buy the farm. I don't mean you know, in like a morbid kind of way. I mean, like somebody was saying, here's the facility. Here's the resources. And it was really hard for us to weigh into that and to figure out where God was guiding us. And it wasn't just us making that decision. We had um, enlisted the help of close friends, companions, mentors, to pray for us and, and um, seek God's guidance through that process. Are we going to continue to go for this, this project? Or are we going to start to talk with some folks at Spring Creek? Obviously, we felt like God was guiding us towards Spring Creek and towards this family here. Uh, but that was, a, that was a crossroads for us in our life together. And a number of the things that we had envisioned for this project uh, were things that GOD International, this group, kind of embodies and has as a part of their community. And so when I met with Josh and his friends for lunch Tuesday, they just shared a lot of incredible stories, testimonies. They're not trying to sell me on anything. Just sharing how God is working in their life. And, and the one guy sharing a story about how you know, they've committed their lives to one another and to following Jesus and to studying scripture. They, they have to make this covenant to one another in order to be a part of what's happening there at GOD International. 
And one of the cool things was they said, you know, if the organization, the nonprofit, the NGO, all of the, the good things that they're doing, if that were to shut down tomorrow, they said, we would still be in relationship and committed to one another and committed to following Jesus together. And so that was a really cool story. Uh, the one guy shared a couple years ago that his daughter uh, had some heart issues that they were trying to work through, and um, he works a- as a part of this, this group, this nonprofit, and they blessed him to say, you need to go take care of your family, and while you're away, not only are we going to continue to pay you, we're going to actually pay you more than your salary to help pick up some of those extra expenses that happen while you're in the hospital. Uh, the family of faith took care of uh, meals, took care of cleaning their homes, uh, and he was just testifying to the incredible nature of being part of the family of faith. And some of you have experienced that in different ways in your life when you've run into hard times and the, the church, the, the family of faith comes around you to lift you through those experiences. Uh, it was just awesome to hear these stories. They shared about how they were passionate about following Jesus of Scripture, that they have to, you know, to be a part of this group, you have to spend a certain amount of your time and energy and education studying Scripture. And they will continue to to wrestle and and prod one another in studying Scripture together. Uh, One of the things they talked about was following Jesus, who has no uh, national borders talking about following Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. And I said, this is really cool. I didn't know if you were, you know, a peace group or a peace church. And they said, you know, we don't have a statement of faith that says that. What we have is we are committed to studying Scripture together, and it doesn't take long for people to be around that group to hear that they love Jesus and they believe Jesus calls us to love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us. And so that's just kind of where they're at. Actually, one of the guys that was here last week and we were eating uh, lunch with had uh, served in military intelligence for a number of years and comes out of that experience and has to process that and uh, has just... um, has a pretty awesome testimony about what it means for him to follow Jesus now after that experience. 